And what is the difference from Trentino to, for example, Franciacorta or other sparkling areas? That Trentino is in the Dolomites, it's mountain. So the territory, the soil and the climate is amazing with a very big difference between night and day and uh, with the mountain hair and with the soil, the, the typical Trentino red rocks. So if you had the occasion to come to Masmartis and uh, we have just planted some new manier and you see the red rocks uh, all over there, it's, uh, it's a really, really beautiful place. Welcome to Moto di Berry, the podcast about local drinks and local sayings. I'm your host, Rose Thomas Bannister. I'm here today with Alessandra Caroni, who has a passion for small wineries and works to help them bring their wines to international markets. She founded a company called Wine Soul, and she is also a writer, a judge, an educator, and a member of ICE, the Italian Sommelier Association. Alessandra, welcome. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> very, very happy to be here with you. We are meeting for this interview today at a hotel near Central Park, but Alessandra and I met yesterday at a tasting of the wines of Trento Doc, an area in the northeast of Italy that makes sparkling wines in the Dolomite Mountains. Alessandra was pouring the wines of the organic producer Maso Martis. Alessandra, Maso Martis is one of your clients, but are you yourself from the Trentino region? No, I am from Reggio Emilia, uh, which is in Emilia Romagna, close to Bologna. Uh, I don't know if you've been there. Uh, is about uh, 200 kilometers from Trento. And what's happened is that our region, our, our my place, uh, Modena, Reggio Emilia, that is the food valley, so well known for balsamic vinegar, Parmigiano Reggiano, and Lambrusco. So we, um, we, we born with Lambrusco, drinking Lambrusco, and Lambrusco has bubbles. So we are used uh, to, to drink bubbles, and we are in love with all uh, the bubbly wine. Uh, wines. And uh, so um, when I met, uh, I visited Muslim artists, I was in love with them, with the place, with the people. And, uh, and with the wines. I really love the wines. It was 2007. And then, uh, so, you know, more than two, 15 years ago. And uh, so I started then with them. And uh, it's a very, very beautiful estate. But uh, wines and people are great. Yes, I definitely agree. I really liked the wines that I tasted yesterday. So I like to start the show by asking people for a local saying. What do people sound like? If you see someone and you hear them talking and you say, ah, you're from Reggio Emilia. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, when I, I travel through Italy and uh, all my friends uh, make joke with me because they hear my accent. is <laughs> We have a particular way of saying the C and the Z that Everybody, everybody can identify us that we are from Emilia. <laughs> can you really... give me an example in Italian? Oh, um, yeah, the pizza 
the, mm -hmm. the Z is is very <laughs> very hard, or uh, or uh, also the C. Uh, both in Emilia and in Romagna, all over our our region. Uh, I don't know we, we, what kind of word I can that because I use, uh, for me it's normal. <laughs> That's what the other is a little bit different. So. What about like in is like the hard C or the soft C? Uh, the soft one. So the soft one is uh, the C, C mm -hmm. for us, and and the Z as are really very 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 particular. Uh, Everybody in Italy can recognize us. <laughs> so if you are interested in using the Moto Di Berry podcast as a help to you in studying English or Italian, we also have the same interview with Alessandra in Italian. So if you go to the Moto Di Berry Italiano podcast, you can hear a little more of Alessandra's Reggio Emilia accent and also maybe pick up a few a few words of Italian along the way. So it can be kind of a fun language learning tool, I hope, for people. Um, if you're using the, the podcast in that way, please let me know. You can always send me an email um, at my website, motodibere.com, or uh, send a DM on Instagram at motodibere. I want to hear if anyone is using the episodes back-to-back -to, -back to study English or Italian. I, I hope that it's helpful to you. When I was studying Italian early on, and still to this day, I like to listen to, to, to wine podcasts in Italian. It was something that it helped me. So speaking of Trento Doc, can you tell us a little bit more about the history of this region for sparkling wines? Yeah, Trentino is really amazing for, for sparkling wine. Uh, Trento Doc, it is a promotion institute uh, which was born in 2007. And uh, the, the DOC... Uh, some years before, so 1997, I think, or 94. And um, so it's young, because if you think to Champagne, it's a history of two, 200 years, so we are very young. The Trento Doc is very young. But uh, the, the farmers uh, uh, who produce Trento Doc are really uh, people that lives there and lives the territory. It's, uh, it's amazing. Comparison with the Champagne, it's very small. We, we are speaking of small numbers. There are uh, mainly three big companies, um, but the others are really very small producers. And what is the difference from Trentino to, for example, Franciacorta or other sparkling areas? That Trentino is in the Dolomites, it's mountain. So the territory, the soil and the climate is amazing with a very big difference between night and day and with the mountain hair and with the soil, that the typical Trentino red rocks. So if you had the occasion to come to Masmartis and uh, we have just planted some new manier and uh, you see the red rocks uh, all over there, it's, uh, it's a really, really beautiful place. I have not had the pleasure to spend some time in the Dolomites. What, what are they like? What is the area like? Oh, the area is uh, the mountain, the most beautiful mountains. It is UNESCO. 
protected by UNESCO and uh, the mountains there are amazing. Uh, uh, people come to ski there from all over the world. And so the territory, also the vineyards, go from 200 to 1000 meter uh, altitude. And uh, so, and in some areas uh, with uh, <laughs> with uh, very a very difficult also place uh, to pick up grapes because uh, the territory is hard. It is a, a, an heroic uh, viticulture, really, really beautiful. I noticed a lot of incredible acidity and also minerality in the wines. And even these wines that I tasted yesterday at the Trento Doc Tasting that were aged as much as 60 months on the lees still had an incredible acidity and freshness. Does that have to do with the, the soil or is it the elevation, maybe both? Both, both. Mm. The territory, both. The, the soil, the climate, the air, the breeze, the mountains, and all together... As uh, the French said, the terroir. Mm -hmm. that, that's uh, that's it all together. And yes, you you're right. There is minerality. There is a freshness. Both a very good body, uh, very direct wines, fine, elegant, um, a very very beautiful place uh, where uh, sparkling can uh, can be cultivated and. Uh, Trento Doc had a, a, a really good success, big success also in Italy in these last years. It is booming, really. So in my understanding is that the um, French grapes have a long, long history in this in this particular area and also a long history of making sparkling wine, but that um, it was really in the, the 70s or 80s that things started to um, begin for the Trento Doc name is that is that right? And what was what was the story there? But the first uh, person that uh, gives something to Trentino was Giulio Ferrari. Giulio Ferrari understood at the beginning of uh, uh, nineteen uh, that Trentino could be a real praise for the sparkling wine. And that's uh, the the start of the story, and then uh, then the farmers believe in it, and uh, so uh, they they were clever to to believe in it and to start this project. Uh, but the first person, and and also there is now the the wine Giulio Ferrari with his name that is always one of the top of uh, of our sparkling wine. I see. You see it at the auto racing, right? With the the Ferrari, it's yeah. a very big celebration. Yeah, yeah, wine. yeah. It was in Miami. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, of course, not related at all to the to the car. Different Ferrari, right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it, yeah. it is different. The Ferrari yeah. is of my area. The, the car is uh, Modena, so it's my area. While Giulio Ferrari and uh, and the the company Wine Estate Ferrari is uh, Trentino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, a, a good uh, relationship now, and uh, we are happy that the Trento Doc could be a witness of uh, of the car of uh, our. Uh, our motor, motor valley also, we can say. I understand that there are really strict rules for the Trento Doc, more so strict than Champagne. Everything from vine training to the amount of time aging. Can you tell us something about those requirements and what they do for the wine? Yes, yeah, so, so there are some rules for sustainability. 
because it is very important. We know that uh, also with this problem that uh, we have in our society, sustainability is the most important thing. So there are the rules that every producer must uh, uh, look at. Uh, um, yeah, look at because. Uh, uh, but it is also uh, more easy, easier in a territory like Trentino. Uh, than, for example, in our region. I think they are in the mountains, so the nature is number one. Then we have also uh, agent rules. Uh, for a reserve needs to be on the lease for at least 36 months. For a millesimato, so a vintage, at least 24. Uh, so strict rules in order to have a very high quality product that is uh, uh, the the aim and i think that the results uh, say it is it is correct really liked the the masa martis wines i was really happy to see that it was an organic farm i thought the blanc de blanc was delicious the dosaggio zero reserva that i tried with the portion of the barrel aged chardonnay was so intense and luxurious like so much flavor it was almost like a meal <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, really complex and i think my favorite was the extra brut rosé wow yeah. the rosé is amazing really I love it. really amazing because pinot noir I'm in love with it, and also the family of Masomartis, Stelzer, Roberta, and Antonio, now uh, their daughters, are in love with Pinot Noir. And uh, so in uh, all the reserve wine, the main part is Pinot Noir, and with the rosé, is 100% Pinot Noir. I could really feel the expression of that grape and, and the character of the grape, and it just had such a... Uh, such a fresh finish, such great aromas and flavors. I, I, I really liked that wine. And you mentioned, too, the red rocks when we were trying that, that there was the influence of the minerality. I just think that's so interesting. Yeah, the, 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 the soil is uh, very, very important. And uh, this, uh, uh, this soil uh, uh, gives uh, yeah, minerality, gives uh, the structure, gives fineness and elegance. In fact, all the wines has, uh, have the same line, the same philosophy, it is uh, uh, the elegance. You find very, very elegant wines in all uh, all our types and, and you tasted three, but then we have a pure Meunier, 100% Meunier, uh, that is our last uh, baby, we can say. And, uh, and our top reserve, that is Madame Martis, uh, nine years on the lease, it is amazing, really. Yeah. If you taste a, a small uh, glass of it, you, you need to, to, to drink a bottle <laughs> because uh, it's a very, very well balanced, uh, very complex, always elegant and uh, uh, I think the harmony for for people who have really enjoyed wines from the Champagne region and are interested in trying a new terroir for these wines, maybe something that they they haven't tried before. I think that the Trento Doc has been winning a lot of awards and gaining a lot of recognition for really this century or more of of work on these wines. And I was so happy to get to discover 
a little more about those wines yesterday at the tasting. It was really a pleasure. I thank you so much because uh, you uh, you are interested in this piece of land uh, because I think that uh, it is amazing. For people who want to, to try something else, they can find really very high quality wines there. I think it can be really interesting to see how a grape can find new expression in a new place. I'm always interested in, in the innovations that people take and, and the things that people try, humans in the world saying, oh, well, what, what would happen if this grape was planted here, if this grape was planted here? But what would you say to the people who, really, I think I would include myself in this, who are just really fascinated in this moment with the um, Italian varieties? What, what, why should they be interested in the French varieties being planted in Trentino? What, what makes them special and why should that story be interesting? Trentino has a, a very different characteristic from Champagne in a completely different territory, but uh, uh, they found, the grapes found an amazing place uh, where they can uh, give uh, uh, the best of themselves. And uh, this, uh, this mountain and this, uh, this breeze that uh, comes from the Garda Lake also, and uh, the soil, this red chalk is, uh, is amazing. It's, uh, I think that could be something uh, really uh, that can, uh, can have their niche because uh, the, the quantity are not so small, but the quality could be really very, very, very high in comparison with champagne. It could be uh, the, the Italian one. Yeah. I love drinking bubbles. It's one of my favorite things. I think it's such an interesting process, an interesting story. And to hear, um, I can see why everybody in the world wants to try to make some bubbles too and to, to make the best bubbles that they can. And I'm excited to see consumers trying some of these regions where maybe they haven't tried bubbles from that place before. And I see I see Metodo Classico wines coming from all over Italy in a sense as a new trend with all different kinds of grapes and a real interest in this high quality process. So I think Trencia Doc is really cool because there have been all of this time and, and thought and, and farming and, and interest in to getting this great result, which I which I, I got to taste yesterday, and I was so impressed. How did you get into wine, Alessandro? Are you from a winemaking family? No, not at all. It it was just uh, just life. When I finish uh, the the school, I studied languages, foreign languages, and uh, I I want to be a model. And and uh, when I was twenty, uh, th that's my dream. Um, but then I, I don't want to leave my family, and so it, it doesn't work with model job. And uh, so I had, uh, at that time, seven interviews with the companies in, in the area to do, and the first one was a winery. And uh, the managing director was uh, looking for a secretary that uh, can speak foreign languages because he, he didn't speak languages. And uh, so, okay, let's start it uh, like that. And, what languages did you study? Uh, English, German, and French. Wow. So, yeah, I, I like language, but I like English. Yeah. <laughs> it's my love. And uh, so, the, after the interview, uh, he said, okay, 
I, I give you this job if you accept and uh, please pick up 12 bottles, go home and taste it, <laughs> taste them and then you will, t you will write for every bottle what do you think about them. So what did you think? No, I, I uh, when I was 20, I didn't uh, drink wine, um, perhaps uh, uh, the disco, some uh, rum or whiskey, but not wine. <laughs> and uh, so it, it, it was the, the first time in this, in this world. And, uh, and then I understood everything of what's happening in uh, vinification. Uh, but after... Well, yeah, yeah. After being the, the secretary for one and a half year, then I be, I be part of the export office, and then in two years I will be. I, I was the um, I became a man, um, export manager, and then uh, for fifteen years I was the export manager, and then. Uh, but uh, I feel that uh, I don't I do not know enough about wine. And so I studied a sommelier, and uh, I met a, a winemaker consultant uh, who followed mainly uh, organic wine estates. I asked him to to go with him to visit this wine estate, and uh, it opened me a world. Mm. So I travel uh, through Italy, from Sicily to Veneto, to uh, all over uh, the Italian wine estates, mainly organic wines. And so I can see uh, what was happening in the small wine estates. So the vineyard, the, the real quality, picking up uh, the grapes by hand and making the wine and... Um, so the winemaker told me, okay, uh, now we taste the wine in the barrels and uh, then please remember them because in two months we go back, we come back and you have to remember how was the wine and how it, uh, uh, it changed. It was amazing. Really, uh, uh, really education that... Uh, uh, helps me a lot in my job. So I decided to stop with the old expo manager, expo manager job because they were very big estates. So in this industry, uh, industry where Lambrusco were produced. And uh, I decided to help uh, small, high quality uh, est wine estates to go in on the international market. That That's... Uh, uh, it, it happened like that. That trip sounds like a dream. It really sounds fabulous. I'm so glad you got to have that adventure. I also have a passion for, for small producers from Italy and also for traveling Italy, visiting them. What for you defines a small estate? Tell us some of the specific ways in your experience that those two things were very different and, and made you change directions in this way. Yeah, uh, small wine estate normally are family owned, but it could be also a group of people, but uh, uh, usually they pick up uh, uh, grapes by hand. They are usually producing until uh, 100,000 bottles, uh, more or less this is, but also 200,000. They are still very, very small volume, but usually they, uh, they, the owners take part uh, of, uh, of the life 
of, of the wine estate and working with winemakers. It is uh, very, very important to know the wine estate from how they pick up the grapes, uh, how they make wine, uh, what kind of wine they want to do. And the best person in charge for that is the winemaker and uh, the enologist. And so I know that a lot of the enologists working for many wine estates uh, and uh, so I know uh, the, the, the estate from the, the, the inside and uh, it, it is helpful uh, for understanding what is their philosophy and what do they think about uh, wine. When I met uh, Masumartis was just uh, just fun. It was a friend of mine that was a mild sales representative for Trentino, for Lambrusco, and he told me, uh, please come, I, I would like to, to introduce you to a beautiful wine estate, so you like bubbles, you can, uh, you can try. And that's, uh, uh, it, it was an exception, because usually uh, my friend enologists uh, uh, tell me, please taste this wine, or come to visit this wine estate. This, uh, and then... Um, then, okay, the wines, the quality of the wine is important. But then I understood that the most important thing are the people. Yes, definitely. And I, I love meeting these, these family-owned vineyards. It's really uh, a special experience, especially to hear about the stories about these connections with the land that go back so many years. Thank you so much for coming to speak with us about the sparkling wines from the mountains from Trento Duck. But I wonder if you can tell us more about Wine Soul. Tell us about your website, how people can find out more about the other small farmers that you work with. Ah, uh, yeah. Thank you to you, Rosa, because uh, for your attention and for your for your love for our places. And uh, yes, I have a website, winesoul.it, and where you can find some of uh, my wine estates that I follow. Uh, I follow, as I told you, small wine estate. Uh, uh, there are some from Tuscany, one from near Rome, close to our capital, Rome, and uh, one in uh, Emilia-Romagna, so where I live. And uh, all different, all, all different, and all from uh, very, very nice people, very particular uh, products, like uh, the one in Rome from a volcanic area. And uh, nobody would think about it, but uh, it's a very beautiful place. Uh, all of them organic, uh, working in organic, because I think, as I said before, sustainability now is <laughs> the first of our aim. It must be. And, uh, and it, it, it witness also that it is possible to produce organic wines, but really of high quality. And um, yes, that's uh, that's it. Uh, all, also, uh, some wines from uh, a small island in in Tuscany, this Isola del Giglio. I uh, I wish oh, you can I've go never there. Heard of it. It's an amazing sounds, place. Sounds very exciting. Islands are, uh, yeah. are always <laughs> the most fun. So this is winesoul.it, where people can yeah people yeah can that's right. And my email. Alessandra.c at winesoul.it, but you can find it on, uh, on my web. 
Fantastic. I'll also put that information in the notes for the episode. Um, thank you so much, Alessandra, for being with us today at Moto Di Berry. Oh, thank you so much, Rose. Thank you so much for listening to the last episode of the year. 2023 has been an amazing year when I have devoted myself to sharing stories about local culture through drinks and dialect. I launched Moroji Berry on the last day of February after working on the concept for about a year, in some ways longer. I took a small business class and received instruction in audio and video editing and animation. The hardest thing I had to do, which is something you can't take a class to learn how to do, <laughs> is to take a leap and try something new. In this case, taking my career as a sommelier and a beverage professional in a creative educational direction. That's also the part I'm most proud of, along with not giving up when things didn't always go as planned. But it's been a fantastic year. Between the Italian and English podcast, I've recorded, edited, and released 37 episodes. I've met winemakers, olive farmers, cowboys, and people on the street, and asked them to share their local idioms. I documented these experiences by creating and sharing over 120 short videos about local drinks and local language on social media. And I filmed a TV show together with the filmmaker Emilia Agamirzai. The first episode filmed in Jackson Heights, Queens, the most linguistically diverse location on the planet is now up on the Modo di Bere YouTube channel with many more episodes to share with you in the new year. Learning how to learn about the wines and languages of Italy has really opened up my world to drinks and dialects from local cultures all over the world. My goal is to share the kind of educational content that I would find helpful myself. I have learned so much this year. I've made so many new friends. I've tasted so many delicious drinks, and I met so many interesting people. If you find Moto Di Berry educational or encouraging, I really hope you go to patreon.com slash today and sign up to be a patron of the show for $5 a month. I really hope to be able to continue to do this work and share this show with you. Those contributions are what makes that possible, and I really appreciate it. I hope that the new year brings you delicious adventures. Thank you so much for listening. Wherever you go and whatever you like to drink, always remember to enjoy your life and to never stop learning. Follow Moto Di Berry on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok for even more unique and encouraging drinks and language content. Music for the podcast was composed by Ercilia Prosperi and performed by the band O. You can purchase their recordings at ou.music.bandcamp.com. Yeah,